It's not a toy he wants this holiday. Nice clothes, not on her list. What these kids want, your kids have. Their health. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we're fighting for kids who aren't as lucky as yours. The discovery that St. Jude can help save children close to you. Our treatments are used in hospitals all across America. Thanks to our research, St. Jude has the world's best survival rates for the toughest childhood cancers. And no family ever pays St. Jude for anything. Our discoveries today could save a child you know tomorrow. So if you have healthy children, give thanks. Give thanks. Dallas, gracias. Give thanks. Give thanks for the healthy kids in your life and give to those who are not. Donate at stjude.org or shop wherever you see the St. Jude logo. Tiki Hut Media. Wait for it. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, got my beer popped open and ready for another edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast. For the past couple of weeks, to be honest with you, I've been sick. <laughs> now, it's not a take two aspirin and call me in the morning sick. I mean, flat on your back sick. It wasn't COVID, strep, or even a respectable flu. I'm told it's a sinus infection. <laughs> yeah, it is the very definition of adding insult to injury. I have had a sinus infection. It's lasted a few weeks now. And uh, so if my voice sounds like Louis Armstrong, that's why <laughs> I got that raspiness in my voice and still recuperating from it. But I think I'm on the other side of it now. As we get started, I wanted to bring this to your attention. My grandson, my six-year-old grandson, his name is Braxton. A couple of weeks ago, Braxton was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia and is receiving care and treatments at St. Jude Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. I've got, there's a Facebook group that has been created. Uh, my son and my daughter-in-law know someone who has put a Facebook group together to offer prayers for Braxton and, and support and encouragement and also a way to help bless them. They're going to have some fundraisers on there. They're going to get some t-shirts and have some fundraisers on there and that sort of thing. And Braxton and his parents have created an Amazon wish list. And there's a link to that in the show notes as well. I personally would ask you to pray for my grandson, and if you can, if you feel led to, offer some sort of support, if you can at this time, because this is one, my my son and my daughter-in-law have four children. This is one of four children, so they still have three other of my grandchildren uh, that they're trying to get taken care of at this time, so uh, just invite you to do that and, and ask you to prayerfully consider that, okay? And on this week's episode, I want to look at Psalm 146, verse 3. It says, Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. Since I was a little boy, I remember my parents telling me, Don't mix politics with religion. We're told to keep these seemingly incompatible things as far away from one another as possible. Whatever political views we hold and whatever we might believe are meant to remain in the private sphere 
and the world has no right to interfere with either. And yet, we confuse them all the time. We put up American flags in our sanctuaries, and it's scary how we blur the line between church and state. We view one another through the names on our bumper stickers rather than through the name that is above all names. We believe that what happens on a Tuesday in November on Election Day is more important than what happens each and every Sunday. Whether we like it or not, the so-called separation of church and state actually looks more like an extremely complicated marriage in which neither partner knows why they're still together. It then becomes increasingly difficult for Christians to think and speak theologically about what it means to be Christian. So much so that our faith has become so privatized that it is relegated to Sunday mornings and only Sunday mornings. Now, this is rather strange. It's a rather strange proposition considering the language of faith articulated and by Christians who confess Jesus as Lord. Or, to put it another way, if we believe that Jesus is Lord, then all of our assumptions about who we are and whose we are cannot remain the same. The psalmist writes, Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. What a wonderful word for people who are running amok drunk on democratic idealism. I have heard more times than I can count on more election days than I can count that this is the most important election in history. Well, got a controversial and theological statement for you. It is not the most important election in history. The most important election in history was Jesus electing us. The psalmist's words echo through time, and they indict us. We worship our politicians in a way that Jesus would call idolatry, and we keep believing that so long as our candidate gets elected, then everything will be fine and good for us. But politicians, or princes as the psalmist said, And political ideologies have come and gone with failed promises again and again. The democratic practices we hold so dear are fine and good, but they will not bring salvation to us. Theologian Stanley Harawas put it this way, Voting is often said to be the institution that makes democracies democratic. I think, however, this is a deep mistake. It is often overlooked that there is a coercive aspect to all elections. After an election, 50.1% get to tell 49.9% what to do. Hmm, That's interesting. Perhaps the proclamation from the psalmist is beckoning us to remember that our unending desire to win is but another way of falling prey to the practice of idolatry. If we take our Christian conviction seriously, then we are bound to love our neighbors just as we love God, regardless of their political affiliation. Which is just another way of saying the lamb is more important than the donkey or the elephant. Therefore, as we continue to wrestle with what it means to be faithful, let us pray that the Lord will grant us the grace and peace necessary to bear with one another in love knowing full and well that there is no hope in us, but that the hope of the world has come to dwell among us. That hope is named Jesus Christ, whom we did not elect. The good news is that he elected us. We'll be right back after this short break. 
The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. Every fall, I take college football a little too seriously sometimes. I try not to, but it happens every year. And a few years back, I'm a big Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. And a few years back, they were in the national championship with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Surprise, surprise. And there was some, you know, I have have a lot of friends on Facebook and in social media that are Alabama fans. And we did some little innocent trash talking and, and that sort of thing amongst each other. And there was a time I had posted when one of my Alabama friends, had said something disparagingly about the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And I just said, have I mentioned lately how much I cannot stand Alabama fans? Several people I knew and loved saw the status and were immediately insulted. And I even got a private message from a former pastor of mine, and he had since moved to Alabama. Uh, This was when I was still living in Tennessee. He sent me a Facebook private message and basically questioned everything about me, my faith, (laughs) my integrity. And he said, how could a man who claims to know and follow Jesus say he couldn't stand people because they cheer for a different football team than he does? And he blocked me on Facebook. He has since passed away. So I hope he I never got a chance to he blocked me before I could ever apologize to him or or try to make amends. However, what I wrote in that thoughtless moment under the guise of trying to be funny hurt and angered people that I care about and hurt my witness in their eyes. I wish I could say this was the last time I did something like this, but it wasn't, and I highly doubt it'll be the last, to be honest. I doubt that I'm alone in posting on social media in a way that detracted from my Christian witness. In fact, I know I'm not alone. Christians often post thoughtlessly on social media. We speak about people and issues in ways that detract from our witness to Christ. This is especially true when we follow up a post about the goodness of God with a post mocking other people. The worst part is that a lot of our social interactions with people now come via social media. We might see five posts from a neighbor for every one in-person encounter we have. So our social media posts have an outsized effect on the way they think about us. Therefore, we must realize that what we say on social media will have a real impact on our witness to the people around us. I got four ways here that Christians harm their witness on social media. Number one, share stories without verifying their truthfulness. 
Most of the people who scream the loudest about fake news share stories and memes without verifying that what they say is actually accurate or true. The same people who think the New York Times always prints lies have no problem sharing a meme from these Facebook groups that talk about one political candidate being crooked or one being the worst president ever and so forth. Since Jesus is the truth and the ninth commandment calls us to be people who tell the truth, truth should be of the utmost importance to us. If you share something that conveys information, especially if it is about another person, make sure that it is true before you share it. If it's information about an event, look up the event. If it is a quote, look up the quote to make sure that it was quoted correctly and there is not some additional context that affects the way it should be read. For those of us who follow Christ, we know that the gospel is strong enough to stand up to the most thorough scrutiny. It does not need untruth to keep it from unraveling. Number two, sharing memes and stories intended to tear down another person. One theme you will see through several of these points is that Christians cause many hindrances to their witness by posting too often in the wrong way about politics. Unfortunately, politics in the United States has become a zero-sum game where we think that we are just one election away from extinction. Every election is the most important of our lifetime, as I said earlier, and takes on this apocalyptic importance. In our zeal to make sure the right side wins in political and so-called cultural wars, we share as much as we can about politics on social media in hopes that we can convince just a few more people to vote our way. As with almost everything in politics, getting someone to change how they vote depends not on showing the rightness of your side, but showing how terrible the other guys are. Fellow Christians, we cannot play this game. Sharing stories or memes that are strictly intended to tear down another person, even a political opponent, is a quick way to make sure that you turn your friends and neighbors away from the gospel. If you give the impression that being a Christian means that truth gets shoved out of the door and that speaking ill of other people is okay, they likely won't want any part of it. Let's paint a hypothetical scenario. Let's say that you convince 10 people to vote differently in the next election, but you also turn one person off from the gospel. Was it worth it? Pretend that 1,000 people vote the way you think they should because of something you shared, but one person will not listen to one more word you say about Jesus. What have you really accomplished? The third thing, vent about your neighbors and local businesses. The internet and social media have given us so many outlets for voicing our displeasure with other people's behavior. We give negative reviews based on bad restaurant experiences. I've done that. If we have an irritating neighbor whose dog barks constantly, we can post about it on social media and feel better because we got our frustration off our chest. Too often, we forget that what Scripture says about how we treat other people also applies to our online interactions as well. When we take to social media and lash out about our frustrations with people, rather than talking to them ourselves, we violate Jesus' command to go to our brother when we have something against them. In addition, when our unbelieving friends, neighbors, and family members see these tirades, our words about the love of God ring hollow. 
If the world will know that we are Jesus' disciple because we love one another, what happens when they see the people of God speaking ill of others on social media rather than handling our disagreements in a biblical manner? And the fourth thing is when we go on these self-righteous tirades. The human soul latches on to some strange sources for self-righteousness. We consistently find ways to make our lives look better than they are, or use convictions about third-tier issues to judge ourselves superior to our brothers and sisters. This can be especially true when it comes to parenting. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men on social media. You can play outside with your kids without going on self-righteous tangents about how you don't allow your kids to have too much screen time. You can serve your community without posting a picture on Instagram. Take Jesus' warnings about self-righteousness seriously and watch out for the subtle ways we violate his commands. Christians believe in the gospel of grace. This means that we understand we have done nothing to earn the favor of God, but rather receive it freely by faith alone in Christ. We cannot undo our proclamation of the gospel of grace by acting as if we have our act together, and everyone else just needs to be more like us. I guess what I'm saying here is the second commandment applies when you are online. Jesus laid out a good rule of thumb for all of our online interactions when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. When we live by the second commandment, we treat other people the way we want to be treated and think about how our words might affect the people around us. Therefore, let us resolve to be more diligent in conducting ourselves in a way that demonstrates love for others and magnifies the gift of Christ. A couple of things happening on next week's episode. Next week will mark episode 52, 52 weeks in a year. So that means next week we celebrate one year of Soul Ramblings podcast. Also coming up next week is Thanksgiving and then The Sunday after Thanksgiving is the first Sunday of Advent as we look forward to Christmas and the new year of 2022. So with that in mind, beginning next week on next week's episode, we are going to begin with Advent. And over the next four weeks, we'll have an Advent thought for you on the podcast. And we'll have Advent as the focus of the Soul Ramblings podcast for the next four weeks leading up to Christmas. And so in this season, we wait in hope for the coming of the Messiah. We recognize that not all is as it should be. While this is the case every year, this feels especially true in 2021. For many, the fall was to be a time of triumphal return to what was. A vaccine readily available to people in the West. Normal life could resume again. However, Society, and especially the church, has been irrevocably changed by the events of 2020 and 2021. Many are tired, grieved, and burned out. So the themes we'll explore in Advent are especially for us. I pray that these next four weeks will help you invite brothers and sisters in your faith community to wait in hope for the Lord. May you see and help others see that Jesus, our Messiah, is still the hope of the world. We'll begin next week with Waiting in Hope. That's week one of Advent, Waiting in Hope. Have you ever looked at someone and thought you would like to be like that person because he or she seems to have a perfect life? 
Sure you have. But don't be fooled. Everybody's got something. Everybody is dealing with something painful. Everybody's having dark nights of the soul. It may be easy to see. More likely, however, it's hidden and you have no idea at all what's going on. This is why Jesus wants you to treat every single person with compassion all the time. Because you never know when you will be the difference someone needs. The goodness of the Lord is all around you. You don't have to find it, achieve a certain level of righteousness to experience it, or correctly answer every question about God before being touched by it. That's because you're already standing right in the middle of it. You may experience seeing changing leaves reach their peak or reflecting on the timeless power of Jesus' words in Matthew 5. Spending time with someone you love or listening in solitude to a song that stirs your soul. Watching a sunset that reveals the glory of God or looking into a baby's face that reflects the image of God. Yes, the goodness of the Lord is all around you all the time. And you can experience it in a myriad of ways. Imagine what your life can be like today if you open the eyes of your heart to see it. And remember this, truth is truth, whether spoken by a child or a king. The question for Jesus was not how old you are, but do you have ears that hear? As always, I'm really grateful for the gift and privilege of your time. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, and you have a minute, would you be so kind as to give us a rating and a review? It would really help us get new subscribers, and I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next time on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker. Grace, peace, cheers. cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. <laughs>